Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 256 of the Big Go Bell Podcast. This is your host here, Two James. I'm here with my two great gentlemen and Mr. Hill Will Mahoney and the Giant Crab Jamal. Fellas, 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 how are you doing this lovely Thursday night? Not pretty good, you? Not bad, not bad. A rainy night here in the D.C. area. Kind of soggy. But we survived. It's been a drama-filled week. I feel like this week has like flown by. So there's a lot to get into, it seems. Very synonymous with the weather, shall I say. Because we mm-hmm. went from very amazing weather uh, Sunday and Monday to very, like you say, really gloomy and rainy all day today. But yes, we do have a lot of things to talk about. So I'll keep all the introductions short and let's just get into it. So spe- anyway, speaking of the DMV... We do have like a couple of like really cool things happening this weekend. Uh, number one, the XFL returns after its long hiatus since 2001, actually. And their debut game for the 2020 season is here in Washington, D.C., the Audi Stadium, which I've never been to. So um, I'll talk about it in a second. But our D.C. defenders will be taking on the Seattle Dragons. Now, if anybody just has no clue what we're talking about, the XFL, um, number one. Vince Mac has uh is he the owner or partial uh what do you call it? majority owner he he's it. the outright owner he is okay the okay he's funding the whole thing okay cool yeah so you know that was his little project years ago but it is back and they promised many cool things of how it's going to be uh, a much better paced and more enjoyable experience of football uh, but not only just that is that which is which that's going to be on Saturday uh, on Sunday Ring of Honor is running the show. And you're wondering, like, what, what what's so special about that? Well, number one, it's here in their home base. So it's, it's at UMBC, which you're thinking, like, you know, it should be. But they typically don't always run a show in this area. But nonetheless, this show, Free Enterprise, is exactly what it says it is. It is free. So we got two. You got two options this week, Saturday and Sunday. So I just want to know you guys quickly. What do you what do you what do you think the thoughts are on the attendance for both of those? I mean, you have the novelty in the first, you know, XFL game on Saturday, and then Sunday you just have a flat out free show of wrestling. So, what do you what how you think the attendance is going to do for the two of those? Well, the attendance for the ROH show uh, looks pretty interesting. Uh, I don't think it's going to sell out, but uh, still better than it has been in the recent recent past. And the XFL uh, deal, I actually don't know how many tickets are sold for it. I don't know how much the difference is going to be between football and soccer at um, Audi Field. Mm -hmm. But the real question for me is uh, the weekend weather. Um, Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a rainy, wintry mess this weekend. And, you know, going to Ring of Honor, for me, that's an hour up the road um, for a free show with a product that's been kind of nebulous i don't know uh the xfl we haven't seen it since he hate me and this is their first show in 20 years or so 
So with the recent troubles of the WWE and Vince McMahon, you know, pulling this out of his hat uh, with a bunch of unknown or, you know, unproven talent, who knows what you're going to get with the XFL uh, and how they're going to differ from any other football play ever. So it's a, it's a, like a risk, not necessarily for my money because they're both reasonably priced. One is free and one is 20 bucks, but the risk is my time. You know, do <laughs> I spend three hours going to a football game at the soccer stadium or spend three hours going up to the suburbs of Baltimore for, you know, a ring of honor show. I definitely, right I definitely now, got some immediate feedback for this too. <laughs> and right now it's a toss up, but I know that I'll be in, in, in Catonsville on Sunday. Yeah, uh, right with you on that, obviously, we'll be in the building for ROH. But XFL, I tell you, so last week they put out uh, a video on YouTube about the rules changes. And now I've actually seen a commercial today. I am buying in to what they're selling. They said that they were going to speed the game up. They said they were going to make it more interesting. And some of the changes that they have implemented, especially with like kickoffs and um, how different ways you can score, um, I'm loving it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to see what happens. To your point, do you want to spend three hours at a football game? That may be three hours of you leaving. I mean, excuse me, you entering the stadium to leaving flat out three hours instead of it just being three hours of you sitting in your seat stationary. Because from what they're saying, it's going to at least cut down majority of what the traditional NFL game time is. So that's to be proven. I think that, for one, I think this area loves its novelty and the historical factors and ramifications of things as we see. And obviously, we could just short term say AEW's debut show and other things that's happening in this area. The, 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 the turnouts typically do good. And I'm not not the biggest advocate for this, but DC is kind of turning into a sports town. So I think there's a little optimism in there as well for just people looking for something else to get into. So I think it should do good, but I think it definitely has a lot to prove in that initial game, whether you're watching on TV or you have the chance to watch it in person, much like ROH. Although Mm -hmm. this is a free show, they are still in the doghouse. They got a lot to prove on that Sunday, free or not. They got it. They got to do it. If this new regime, new new era, and all these pieces of the puzzle that they got in place now to make change, well, you're not doing a free show if you're not absolutely trying to put a good taste in people's mouth uh, with purpose so that's the time they have to do it so we will see I think there will be more people attending that XFL show than maybe ROH on Sunday the people who have this same type of niche and um, interest as we do yeah these are both curiosity events in my mind I will be at the XFL game on Saturday before it even uh, got down to the $20 tickets the wife had picked ones up for me for the holidays so I will be there and I'm excited to go because it's, it's the first game and if anything, everything about it's a question mark from how the game's going to be to what the game day experience is going to be like. Since this is the first big game, it's going to be on ABC on a Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. I figure they have to put their best foot forward and it's going to be really interesting to be there in person and see what it's going to look like and just to experience it all firsthand. I mean, the last time the XFL came around, they opened to a huge debut and then they fell off a cliff. But that curiosity factor this weekend, I think, is going to be really darn high of people just wondering just what is this XFL 2.0 going to be. On the flip side of that, with the ROH uh, 
if you want to call this a reboot, I'm not sure, but maybe a uh, soft reset or something. That's obviously going to have a lot of curiosity factor too from the hardcore wrestling fans. It's I don't think it's going to be as big of an event as the XFL is going to be. So I figure the XFL is going to get a lot of coverage this weekend with just the curiosity of it all. ROH is more of a hardcore inside the bubble wrestling thing. So the hardcore wrestling fans are going to be looking at it and there's going to be a lot of scrutiny put on that show to see just what ROH is doing to kind of put a new face on things, take a new step forward here in 2020. They're both going to be really interesting events. I'm glad that between all three of us, we're going to be at all these things firsthand so we can kind of give a idea of a firsthand report next week on what ROH was like and heck what the XFL was like too. So it's going to be a fun weekend here in the DC area. Right on, right on. Um, yeah, that was just a quick little thing. Do we have anything else you want to add on that really quick before we shift? Um, ah. The short answer is, for the XFL, real quick, uh, apparently, they're going to have a continuous clock, like in soccer. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. for the two-minute warning. So I think that's the biggest thing. I know I said, you know, a three-hour football game, but if they can keep the gameplay to around two hours, that's a good look mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and, and on top of that, too, because I know a lot of people like to equate how exciting the game is by the number of points scored. No one likes defensive games, but it is still a game played. Uh, they, I uh, like I said, they have made uh, they made changes so that numerous ways that you can score point or accumulate more points than mm-hmm. traditional football. So I really do advise everybody, like if you are by any means optimistic on the XFL, watch that rules video. I think it's like a short five minute youtube video super good um well produced and they make the rules i think the rules are very very transparent to anybody who just doesn't even watch football period to quite understand what they did what what they're doing and the last thing i say about it really quick is too while they're making changes about the format the speed and everything i feel like they also making good adequate changes for protection and safety as well for their players. So we'll see Saturday for sure. I think there's two games, two or three games on Saturday. So I'm definitely going to see if I can uh, tune in and at least catch one of those because uh, I'm definitely to see if they're going to really genuinely be able to deliver the things they promise. But um, like I said, let's shift over to WWE just a little bit. Actually a lot of it. Cause we got a couple of things to talk about WWE um, recently announced uh, both on the WWE website and on their Twitter pages, new signees, have uh, reported to the Performance Center. Now, these names, some have been rumored and ultimately being confirmed, and some may be may be of a surprise, uh, depending on the avenues and the things that you follow. But reporting to the Performance Center this week, uh, Timothy Thatcher, Killer Cross, and Aja Pereira, now going by Aja Smith. Uh, just initially hearing these names, uh, what was your initial thoughts? And... Um, now that these rumors have, you know, sort of been confirmed, that where you kind of see how WWE is going to use these uh, new signees. We know, we know, definite one. So we'll, we'll, we have to talk about that just a little bit differently. Uh, but for the others, how do you think they're going to be used? Sort of say. I'll go up in well, here first. So, oh, anyway. all right, cool. All right. Uh, to me, Thatcher of the three was the surprise. I would say I wasn't expecting Timothy Thatcher. Not, not that you know. It's not like undeserving or anything like that. It's just he's been around so long, I kind of thought it would have happened by now already. So that just one kind of came out of left field. It's like, oh, they're finally getting Timothy Thatcher. But I figured if he was going to be picked up anywhere, it would have happened a long time ago. Killer Cross, of course, has been rumored for 
God, since like last fall. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, that one's been in the works of we knew he was going somewhere and he made it very clear that he wanted to go somewhere. So it was just a matter of where he was going to end up. So we know he's been in play for a while. And then AJ Pereira, that that was a whole nother, you know, someone who's definitely been in the mix and has been out there and on radar and stuff. But killer uh, Thatcher is the biggest surprise to me for him. I got a feeling since he spent so much time over in WXW and he was doing so much in Germany, I got a feeling they're looking at him and they're going to plug him into NXT UK. That's just my gut instinct that they're going to get him involved over there and keep him on that Euro tour circuit that he's been doing and make him part of the NXT UK brand. Killer Cross, on the other hand, first thing I'm looking at him for is I'm looking for a name change. I've never dug that name. So he is the first person in a long time that I am looking at, like I'm ready for a WWE name here. So we'll see what happens (laughs) with that. As far as where he ends up, I would assume NXT, but who knows? Maybe he's got enough of a, I don't know if he's got enough of upside or pull or marketability in their mind. Maybe they're thinking bigger things for him and maybe they hold him off to wrestle after WrestleMania and, uh, bring him into the mix on a higher profile platform on raw or SmackDown. I don't know. Could go either way with him. And as far as Asia Pereira goes, we've heard today, I guess there's talk of her possibly dunning the black and white stripes and becoming a ref. So that's not, that is confirmed. Actually, they have, confirmed. Already, they have already announced that she is the first African American, uh, female referee, uh, to ever be signed full time to, WWE so I'll just I mean it's it's very first of all congratulations for sure because um you know she was recently at the tryout mm-hmm. and uh we got to see a vignette package of her uh, immediately hearing the news I guess after the trial about their decision to bring her on and uh recently on her social media she had kind of hinted towards moving towards Florida and ultimately the announcement was made uh this month so uh you know Congratulations, her. Also, good timing. Black History Month. So it just, you know, just uh, it, the novelty in that just all fits. And you know, for somebody I've seen working all over um, the U.S., her stint in Japan. Um, matter of fact, speaking of her stint in Japan, I definitely had a long, uh, really extended conversation about that, the cultural differences, and um, just having to learn the food, the culture, all that other good stuff with her. I've seen her work before going to Japan, then immediately seeing her when she coming back, so getting a story like <laughs> fresh off the plane. Um, so, you know, that's just a testament of how hard she's just been working to get to this point. And, uh, you know, congratulations. That's definitely somebody you want to root for, and uh, I hope hopefully she has a really long and legitimate career in uh, WWE. With that being said, I hope at some point that those stripes come off. Because she can, uh, like I said, she's done uh, train and work with the best in the U.S., work with some of the best in Japan. Like to see her really, really take to that and uh, be able to display it on a bigger stage. Yeah, yeah. I think I generally agree with all of you. Um, the thing is with Thatcher, uh, the, obviously he has ties with what is now known as Imperium and uh, the work with Walter and stuff like that in the U.K. and Germany. Uh, the question really becomes is, do you, you want to do that again? Um, you know, Thatcher obviously didn't run with Walter to uh, NXT. Does he want to do his own thing? Uh, maybe he goes to Florida and maybe he 
uh, you know, does something completely different, something that we haven't seen. Um, maybe he's Tim Thatcher by name and name only. So it'd be interesting to see if they plug him into a place where he's more familiar or if they try something very new and very different. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if he wants just to get out of that shell of what um, Catchpoint now Imperium you know, is. And maybe he becomes the next Velveteen Dream. Uh, who knows? But he's at a <laughs> point where he can go either way. And I'm really interested to see what happens. Because what I, what I do know is, if they just says that Timothy Thatcher shows up, you know, as like a surprise on NXT one day, that's going to go over like a wet fart in church. Because I don't <laughs> think a lot of the evolved people, um, you know, conflate with NXT. And they definitely don't make it up to the re- main roster. So him being an evolved champion and all that good stuff, maybe a big deal in, uh, in a short setting, but... Over the long term, it's kind of like, well, no, I need to know what you're about now because yeah. this, this is a brand new yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah. And, and on top of that, I think the biggest example is Austin Theory. By no means am I saying they're on the same level, but his they're, they're taking to him, um, obviously having a lot of the same uh, evolved accolades as uh, as Thatcher. Uh, you kind of see like that's still an experiment that they're kind of still grooming a little bit. And obviously that's just a veteran one of the best to do it. Uh, I can easily talk about one, one match I watched with him that I absolutely love. Uh, but I do agree. It's not, although we can, everyone's talking about it because it's on WWE page, that show up may not still hold over like a lot of people think it may be. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I could, I could see a scenario where like, say, it does, he want to keep doing the same thing. Or, or does he want to use this opportunity as an idea of like, okay, total, total reinvent myself. And either way, I think that y'all really nailed that point that we got to remember that the, that the evolve following is so small. So they got to really start from square one with him, with introducing him on a bigger platform. Since I mean, he's never done a run in impact. He never did a run in ROH. So in a lot of ways they can shape him in any way they would really like to. So just from the beginning, it should just be an introductory phase for him, no matter where they place him, I think. So, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, you have the obvious route you can go with NXT UK. And I think the NXT UK brand can still use all the help it can get. It's definitely kind of buried amongst all the WWE properties. So anything to raise the profile there isn't necessarily a bad thing. On the other hand, like you said, take it and do something totally different with him. Use it as a complete fresh start. So if anything, I guess you will look at it this way. They have options for him. And I guess the same thing with killer cross. They, th- these are two people that they can really take and mold into whatever role they feel like they want to put them in for the year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of talking about the rumors with this a little bit, we kind of figured K- killer cross would be, uh, landing in Florida at some point, considering that his uh, wife has recently signed there as well. So, um, and we know we know WWE lo- loves their package deal, so it makes sense. Although a lot of people were definitely calling to work with Killer Cross before being signed, and I definitely see a lot of people, Daga being one, saying he wants this match with him. So, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I wonder if he did have a lot of 
strong offers from other places. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure he could have went anywhere. So this, although this makes more sense, um, I'm just wondering, was there any who who might have been that second strong uh, offer coming in his way? Okay, so last week, I think, or maybe the previous week before that, um, I know we mentioned about uh, WWE shares falling about 9%, and I know that we kind of felt like it was probably uh correlating to the fact that maybe some of two of their, their higher ups that's been with the company for a long time had departed mm-hmm. along with the fourth uh fourth quarter earnings released but ultimately today as uh February 6th there was a conference call uh with Vince Vince McMahon and this conference call had tons of interesting things uh really 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 interesting things but notably some of the things had to really deal with the idea and the future of the WWE network. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, I'm going to throw it to you guys just kind of broadly, and then we'll kind of get into more of the specifics here. Um, Cause we're all reviewed. We all reviewed the transcript of the conference call or listened to it, depending on uh, mm-hmm. how you choose. Uh, what really stuck out to you and just quick reactions about it? Because it was a lot. But um, we'll, we'll throw it to you, Damien, who's just joining the show right now. Um, yeah, let, let, let me know what you think about that. So the biggest worry for people, and, and full disclosure, I took Jabal's advice last week and I bought a couple of WWE stocks after the draft. <laughs> uh, you know, Milo. just... Just to be sure, you know, I just want to make, you know, see where it takes me. Uh, I've owned WWE stock in the past, so it's always been good to me when I sell at a decent level. But the thing that really concerned me uh, was potentially them using the network to be kind of blended into a a bigger network, uh, potentially a, a different streaming service. Uh, I know the joke. <laughs> the joke that was going around for years is that wait till Disney buys WWE. But I, just going off this conference call from what I heard today, I can only imagine one if they go back to the original pay per view model, which we've seen AEW and we've seen Impact do uh, for the last couple of years to to a modicum of success. So the the pay per view model isn't fully dead, even though the network is still here. Uh, I think the bigger thing for me long term is if they are fishing for a bigger streaming service to kind of absorb the WWE network uh, or at least their pay-per-views, you know, what angle are they going to take? Is it going to take a Disney specific company to be able to absorb that, uh, be it a loss in their first quarter or second quarter, uh, to be able to kind of facilitate that? Because For me, as just someone who's watching on the fringes, who only checks in for certain shows, the network doesn't do much for me. Uh, Pay-per-views, occasionally I'll check in when we're talking about it, but I don't run home to watch it. So maybe, just maybe, WWE is looking at that landscape and saying, well, do we want to go back to the big four model where we were bringing in people like at 50 bucks a pop and then for the little ones, we charge about nineteen twenty for those quasi in your houses, or do we just continue status quo? And from what I remember last year, we all talked about uh, the network changing their pricing tier. That's another thing that I thought about after the conference call was: Are we going to revisit this? Is this something that now the the Joe Schmo fan is going to get priced out of eventually? And, and I don't want to say do they care or not because they're a business. Whatever makes you the most profit. 
But that's for me the, the things I took the most out of in terms of just bang for buck, rebounding from the stock, just announcing the fourth quarter, just thinking, wow, here I was thinking it was going to be some sort of like, you know, decent gain and we got what we got. So I'm going to throw it out to everybody else. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that really kind of starts to there was a lot in that darn conference really call when was. I listened to it day. There was a lot, and I'm still kind of digesting it. I'm glad I listened to the actual audio. So it's one thing to read it, but it was another thing to hear Vince kind of how he put things and how he framed things. I think there's a lot of things going on here. The impression I get is that they are looking at the network and we're now like what it started in 2013 or so, 2014 around then, at least five years now. So they have a good roadmap now of how the network has performed, what the highest subscriber rates would be, kind of what the average has been. And for the most part, we know the network isn't growing. It's a stagnant you know, thing. It goes up around mania season, kind of hits a high watermark, and then it drops off the rest of the year. And they kind of know that now. And I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to change what's been happening for the last number of years with the WWE network. It is what it is. And I think they are very much aware of that. What has changed since the network launched is that now there is a ton of competition in the streaming service arena. And I think what happened is with the launch of Disney plus, I think that changed a lot of darn people's ideas about streaming and what the future of it might hold between Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu all bundled together. And then, of course, you got your old school Netflix and your Hulu. And even if you go into audio like Spotify and different services, you know, it's turning into cable all over again. Where if you're going to have all these darn different things, you're going to be paying a whole bunch of money that the whole idea was to get away from. So if you're the WWE Network, you got to be looking at things and being like, well, where do we rank in the hierarchy Behind, you know, obviously a Netflix, uh, Disney Plus and all this. It's like, you know, how far down the pecking order are we going to be if we continue to stand by ourselves as just $9.99 gets you WWE Network? Well, shoot, for less than that, I can get Disney Plus. So I think they're very much looking at the landscape and realizing if we're going to stand on our own, it's going to become a harder road ahead of us and probably a situation where we're going to get a smaller and smaller slice of the pie. So as Damien mentioned, I think one idea that they're exploring that they kind of hinted at in the thing is the idea of, is there content of value to other streaming services out there, which would be kind of what UFC did with ESPN. All the UFC pay-per-views now are on ESPN Plus. It's not like there's a UFC network that they did anymore, like with Fight Pass. They just went with another partner. So it's part of a bigger service. So you're not paying just for UFC. You're paying for ESPN, and then you buy to buy the separate UFC pay-per-views separately within that. So I think there's a very good chance they're looking at the idea of, can we put our content into a situation where it's under a bigger umbrella and then we're featured within that. So it's no longer a proposition of $9.99 for the WWE Network. It's, oh, maybe it's $9.99 for NBC's new Peacock service that is launching this spring. And then included in that is your WWE Network bucket inside that subscription. That's what I think they're looking at. And whether it happens or not, who knows? But 
Vince was seemed to be indicating that there are obviously some talks going on because he was talking about stuff possibly even happening in this first quarter of 2020. So I think they're very seriously looking into any way to monetize their streaming service, whether it be themselves with different tiers or as part of a bigger picture with a partner of some sort that they would be under the umbrella of. That's my thoughts. So the bottom line is, is WWE Network was never a sustainable model with competition. And that's the big change between February of 2014 and February of 2020. And the long and short of it is, is that Netflix and Hulu and Apple Plus and uh, Peacock and whatever. All of that aside, it's more to the point of why would you want the WWE Network right now i mean like if all of if all of it were free why would you need the wwe network right now nxt is on usa network um pay-per-views are kind of a thing but the wwe's network model has kind of uh galvanized the importance of pay-per-views and now people have become spoiled by the fact that you can pay Ten dollars a month to see a blow-off match, and then fifty years and eighty years of history, um, and NXT. But to have really only one live match a month exclusive to the network, and if you're going to say, well, what about main event, and what about two hundred five live? <laughs> clearly, I don't care. But the idea is, if you're only buying WWE Network for the pay-per-views, then that is. A stupid amount of money to waste on pay-per-views. Because this is supposed to be the point of watching Raw and SmackDown. Now, they have a billion-dollar deal in place for, uh, for Fox and for NBC Universal uh, for Raw and SmackDown being distributed on Fox and the USA Network. But all of those stories culminate at the pay-per-view that you can get for $10. The hell does sense does that make? So if you're WWE... Do you cancel the network? Well, no, not necessarily. But realistically, what the infrastructure has been for the network should be two tiers. It should be, you know, a premium, uh, the regular tier that you have now for $10 a month that does not include uh, live events. And the premium tier for $25 a month that includes live events or something therein. But the bottom line is, is that the pay-per-view structure that they set up does not work when there's competition. And now that there is, it's, well, I would rather give AEW 100 bucks a year for pay-per-views, $25 over, uh, over four times a year or whatever it is. I'd rather give AEW $200 a year than give WWE for the network $120 a year. Because at least in those four pay-per-views or five pay-per-views, I'm getting the quality content that is worth $200 a year versus binge-watching Ride Along or <laughs> what the, whatever the goofy uh, uh, cartoon story was or whatever the hell it is. Have WWE. Yeah, sure. Let, let's have that. that. That's where my money's going, to Camp WWE. I mean, there's a reason why ESPN... If ESPN didn't have live sports, it would suck more than it does now. And but the ESPN only has live sports in prime time, you know. So 
It's either Sports Center for 12 hours in the morning and your game of the week, game of the night at, in primetime. Well, w- go ahead. I was just going to say, well, it depends. Everyone has different niches. I, I, I know people that can spend years on YouTube just watching videos, wherever it may be. Some people listen to podcasts all day, every day, which is kind of synonymous with the talk shows on ESPN. So I guess it just it just matters on what do you but, but, but kind of... ESPN covers multiple sports. And by multiple, I mean, uh, you know, um, football, uh, baseball in season, and basketball. Because those are the only sports that matter to ESPN. So they'll give you three or four sports. Okay, fine. But WWE only covers, not wrestling, they only cover WWE. Yeah. So how much of that thing can you watch before you grow tired of it if it's not a live event? It just depends. Like the super hardcore wrestling fans, I can I I, I find I find there to be enough content for them to get uh, continuous uh not enough if they're under a million subscribers and falling. Well, that's true because there's just not a lot of first of all, wrestling fans are cheap. We know that's that's just it is what it is. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, I think they're cheap for WWE. I don't think they're cheap for like in generality. No, nah, yeah, just cheap. yeah, I can't say that. Yeah, they're just cheap. Otherwise, indie shows would just be popping all day, every day. But that's that's another topic. My, here's my point. A lot of you are you're bringing up really interesting points. But Vince McMahon, being the business person that I think he is, I think he just looks at much like Will said. He said, well, hmm, how is UFC staying afloat and still turning a good profit each year? It's because of the model they did with ESPN, where you have to have the ESPN Plus in order to look at the exclusive stuff from UFC. And then if you want the pay-per-view, well, you got to pay that pay-per-view price. And then something else I had, I thought about, which I brought up before, and actually I had to look this up earlier. I've been calling it Dazzin, but it's actually pronounced the zone. Uh, which is another... Uh, I'll never call it that. Well, that's what it is. The Zone, which is uh, another combat sport uh, app. And seamlessly, they came out of nowhere. And not only did they come out of nowhere, they tossed money like it was no tomorrow. I mean, again, I th- one of the best and most biggest uh, biggest draw after Floyd Mayweather and Boston Canelo Alvarez was signed to an 11-fight deal with this app that was worth 300 and $65 million, which ultimately, them getting the rights to him, ultimately was the demise of HBO's boxing. <laughs> so when you think mm-hmm. about how things could just change drastically like that, Vince probably had a light bulb that went above his head that says, well, what about if we can get a deal like that with one of the yep. premier apps? Or Maybe HBO Max, which is uh, mm-hmm. about to be a streaming service, is, is coming alive. Maybe they may have interest of getting back into the game. Who knows what it could be? But it could be anything when new apps could just come out of nowhere. And like, yeah, we'll offer that money. It's like, what? Yep. That, that's, exactly what I, that's exactly what I think is going on. Because that UFC deal with ESPN is rumored to be for $1.5 billion. And Vince is probably looking at it like, look. I got a billion dollars out of NBC for Raw. I got a billion dollars out of Fox for SmackDown. If I could get another billion dollars for streaming stuff for the network, why not? Why not at least look into it? Whether it would be with, you know, DAZN or Amazon or who knows? It could be with 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 any anybody out there, I think. I'm sure he's looking at that cuz I think the thing is that UFC deal, the way the way it was 
explain to me why it was so attractive for UFC to get off of traditional pay-per-view was that this was guaranteed money. They didn't have to worry about how these fights did anymore because that's now ESPN's problem. It's ESPN's Mm. problem how they're going to make the money on their service. UFC's getting paid regardless Mm because it's a straight license deal. Mm -hmm. So if you can get that guaranteed money and you don't got to worry about a buy rate no more and it falls on the whoever's your streaming partner to worry about that, to make their money back. Why wouldn't you, you know mm-hmm. I mean? So, well, you so, just said something really, really good that clicked with me just now about licensing is yep. it, we've seen it in pro sports where people are on NBA is kind of auctioning off space on their jerseys for, for bidders yep. on the jerseys. Is that where we're I going now is cause you know, Marvel did it years ago and that's why they're licensing you know, content. Like, is that where we're going in business models now? Do you think? Now with I WWE. Think, I think it's Go, go, go. go. <laughs> okay, so the, well, now with WWE. Uh, the short answer is what you guys are talking about are exclusive properties that mm-hmm. are a one-off and that the only way to see this exclusive property is to go and subscribe to this service, whether it's Fight or whatever it is. Right. The thing with WWE is, is that all of their properties are already available. The only reason why you would have the network is to watch the pay-per-view. So in the context of storytelling, the way WWE did it is ass backwards. They took the wind out of the sails of the pay-per-view in a storytelling context because now I don't need to pay $50 anymore. Or, and to be fair, even if I didn't have cable, and I, and I don't have cable, so if I wanted to just subscribe to the network, I can get the blow-off matches for $10 a month. And get all of that storyline and build up in the pre uh, pre match package uh, before Michael Cole yells his boss time. So the idea is they've sold Vince guessed wrong because Vince thought that WWE fans, which is why he's always said it's not about the ratings, it's you know the fans, the universe, blah blah blah. He guessed that if we had a product that we would put out, people would come running hand over fist with their wallet in their hand to see this product. Because remember when back in 2014 when they sold the UWWE Network, you can get WrestleMania for $10. You have just devalued WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You, you can get WrestleMania for $10 and every WrestleMania before it. So now the value of, of 30 WrestleManias or whatever it was at the time went from 60 bucks to $299. Right, but but also but also it still changed a lot of things as well too. I mean, again, because you're not interested in it, there's still exclusive content on the WWE Network. Um, no, it period. If I'm interested or not, I mean, the, my point is is that the need because this is a sports based program that is fixed on live programming. That's where that's where they, that's what gets you into do, in the door, unless people are clamoring for table for three. And their other pro- content that's just broadcast uh, exclusively on the network. I would love to meet these people because I'm not seeing them. Oh, it's now, there. It, it's definitely there. Of course it's there. But <laughs> those numbers are few and far in between as the number of subscriber numbers are dwindling. Right. So just because somebody or oh, some old lady and her cat doesn't think that um, that thinks the table for three is good, I, I agree. But the smart money is based on the current storylines and live events that they have going, you know, in throughout their calendar season. And that's very different than boxing, and that's very different than basketball and, and stuff like that. So for them to say that we're going to give you the answer 
to this big thing that we're building up for for 10 bucks. That's insane. That's yeah. why you pay $60 for a pay-per-view in the first place. So for what they need, what they will do now, unfortunately, since they've opened that door, which is why people are balking at AEW for charging 50 bucks for pay-per-view or TNA for charging $40 for pay-per-view. Because WWE has taken the valuation of pay-per-views off the table. And now they want, they want it back because they see that uh, Dazzin or Hulu Plus or Apple TV is now a thing. And, and I, don't know, I don't know how they get that back. I, you know so, what? I, you know what? I still don't agree. I just think that he's looking at a bigger picture and said, like, there's other means. This, I didn't know. Maybe he didn't know that once he made this change that there may be a way to double down in a way of selling maybe the big four uh, to make this extra bit of money on top of that. The last time I'm going to say on this, and then we're going to switch topics, is that let's not forget, too, WWE has been very, very active on acquiring other wrestling's libraries. So when you talk about exclusive content coming their way, don't be surprised if there's a lot of indie promotions that all of a sudden their libraries just end up on the WWE Network. If you're looking at these video packages of these new people that's being signed, um, people don't just hand over their stuff for free. So take note as to when you hear about Adam Cole's time on the indies or whoever it may be, where they're actually giving credit to because I suspect that there's going to be a whole nother uh, a, a whole nother uh, a deal coming that's going to draw people back to WWE Network. I think his eyes, as much as he's looking to the bigger picture, he's also looking at the smaller picture saying, like, hmm, Fight TV has all of this. IWTV has all of this. What's out there left? Who's in our little network of people? What's up with this Evolve library that's just on DVDs right now? Wonder what that digitization pro- process is happening. So, who knows? But anyway, let's move to the next topic really quick. And, well, you've mentioned AEW, and I think it's only right <laughs> and fitting, uh, much like last night, we end our show tonight discussing the closing segment with AEW. Now, this truly had Twitter upside down in a fit and divided, must I say. But if you didn't watch... Um, the last segment in AW, AW Dynamite last night as of um, the February 5th episode. Yeah, Cody took 10 lashes from MJF. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, by the way, who came up with this word lash? Oh, that's what they were saying on the show. By the way, all I'm going to say is lashes is not the first word that comes to my mind. <laughs> but my man took a whooping. Yeah, I was just yep. going to say, we didn't, have to, we didn't have to go there. But yeah, MJF definitely went to the yard and got the switch, is all I'm going to say. Yep. <laughs> but um, ultimately, guys, I want to know what your thoughts are about the segment. Like, you know, did you like it? Did you feel like maybe they went too far? Or was it just flat out inappropriate? I I watched it three times just to, just to get context the first, you know, get the shock out of the way and then get context after the fact. This was a really old school angle to build up the the sympathetic Cody catching the switch with everyone watching in awe and shock to kind of leave the crowd speechless for when he inevitably whoops up on MJF at whatever the pay-per-view, whatever they're going to do it at. Uh, I thought it was very old school. 
what I thought mm-hmm. was they had the right person to do it without eliciting a bigger firestorm on social media, to be quite honest. Uh, I thought in today's time where everyone is very faux sensitive for the most part, seeing Cody catch that whooping from MJF, who a lot of people just want to punch in the face for various reasons, I thought that just made Cody seem even more sympathetic. The one complaint I had was with Brandy Rose breaking character with her Nightmare Collective to come out and be the supportive wife, where on one minute, you're a witch. On the next minute, (laughs) you're a concerned wife for your husband saying one more, just one more. So I'm seeing the shock and awe on people's faces. I think, Will, you might have mentioned it on Twitter. I'm not sure that if it would have been a hotter crowd, that I think they would have gotten it a little bit better. Uh, because let's face facts, a good chunk of AEW's fan base is not old enough to know that kind of long-term, that kind of storytelling from when mm-hmm. we were younger. So right. they might just be like, oh, damn, Cody catching that whooping. But in reality, it's to build up for something down the road at the pay-per-view when MJF finally catches that stomp out. So that, right. that's what I got from it. I didn't think it was too much. I thought Cody's facial reactions might have been a little over the top. But then again, I was just thinking about childhood me catching a whooping. I don't think I ever made those kinds of faces. I kind of just kept it quiet with the sob, like, you know. And then your mom or dad hits you with the, I'll give you a reason to cry. Keep it up. And yeah. Then, you know, you stop. But other than that, I thought it was a well-executed old-school wrestling angle, and I had no problems with it. Yeah, it was definitely a throwback. That is for sure. It was definitely a throwback. Going into it, I wasn't... My big question was just how far are they going to go with this? Are they actually going to follow through with it? I was assuming they would as much as they built it up for the past number of weeks that it was coming. And they they delivered all 10 lashes, so that did happen. If anything, what really surprised me was that they didn't go harder with MJF really laying into him with the words while he was beating him down that he so much of it just turned into come on Cody quit quit I I was expecting a lot more of MJF degrading him while he was doing so it wouldn't just be the whipping it'd be playing up the whole you can't touch me you can't touch me, and I'm going to say every damn underhanded thing I can say to you right now just to humiliate you and just make you look, to get as much sympathy on him as possible. If anything, I was waiting, being the way MJF is such a good talker, I was expecting a lot more from him in that respect. So I'm surprised they stayed away from that. The, the, the lashes, I mean, the whipping part, you, you couldn't have done that any more hardcore than you did. So I can't really say they didn't go, you know... They, they didn't deliver on that aspect of it. It wasn't too much to me. If anything, it just, I don't know, after a while, it just got kind of, I think by the time you got to that second half of it, when it got down to, like I said, with Brandy coming down there, eventually, I think when you do an angle like that, you reach a point where it's just kind of like, okay, I get the message. I get it. I get it. You beat him down. I get it. So the last couple, I don't know. By then, it was kind of like, I kind of th- I thought it lost some steam towards the end. But for the most part, I, I don't think they went too far. I think people, there was a lot of people, I think, reaching to try to have, I love how you just said faux outrage. That was, <laughs> that true, was, though. Yeah, it was totally true. I think there was definitely some people stretching 
to try to make this into something more that more than it was. So, oh, not my most favorite angle of all time. Not not anything too crazy, but I, I think they delivered on what they set out to deliver. on. Yeah, so I'll make this quick because I know we're coming short on time. Um, I didn't care at all. Like, not necessarily for it, but I, if I'm supposed to be sympathetic to Kobe as a babyface, I wasn't feeling it. If I was mm-hmm. supposed to hate MJF more um, as a heel, I wasn't feeling it. Um, the bottom line is, is that they set it up this way. Cody agreed to it. So whatever it was, it was. And you knew that he was going to go through it, and you knew that they're setting up the match for it. I just don't care um, that you know the whipping or whatever happened you know, take place. Was it too far? No. If anything, MJF should have taken some salt and dipped it onto the belt. Or he should have <laughs> taken some... Some some mm-hmm. hot apple cider vinegar and, and, and dipped it on and dipped it onto the belt or something. I mean, and obviously it could just be a jar of water that says vinegar and have Cody sell it harder. Um to, for like the last two or three. Uh Wardlow though, uh good lord. Uh Wardlow <laughs> uh, absolutely laid into him for the one uh, shot that he had, and that was the one time I went, Oh well, yeah, uh, his heart skipped a beat there. But um yeah, Cody will literally die on the cross for this company, and that's admirable. But as far as MJF goes, I don't like MJF. I think he's absolutely boring. And I'm not convinced that he's a, he's a great wrestler. And I'm not the type of person that's going to sit there and wait for you to develop a storyline. Just have the goddamn match already so I can go home. But it's not going to happen for another uh, three, three, four weeks. So I, I didn't need it. I really wish they would have ended the show on, a, um, on an actual... Uh, match instead of you know MJF you know kicking him below the belt and then running off like a scalded cat. Um, that could have been the end of the segment, but not the end of the show. And the hang that the, the um, Young Bucks eight man tag could have ended the show with I, you know Adam Page doing his thing. But as far as that goes, I, I mean, if, if it's if its intended result is to make me feel something a little bit more sympathetic or not, no, nah, this ain't it, Chief. <laughs> I I do agree. Um, and based on how we wanted to format this topic, sort of say like this is it, this did end the show. It definitely felt like it should should have just been a segment. Uh, and also too, was that a fan that attacked MJF at the very end, right before it went off? I don't know. Fan in air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> it was something. But yeah, I was definitely worried about that. But I I, I do. I do one down to say really quick. Then um, I got something else I want to bring up really fast. Is that well, we said it plenty of times. They got to do television, and that's what Dynamite is all about. And a lot of times they got to build these storylines, and they can't just get straight to the match. So they're going to try different things and expect something to some things to stick and some things not. So um, this wasn't far fetched at all for me. It's like hey, they're trying to find their their, their niche and. Uh, like, like, like you said, this is really old school tactics here, and um, you're not something you're not getting. They got people talking, so it's working. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it is. All right, so let's wrap up the show really quick. Two things, really quick. We talked about the intergender match uh, last week. Looks like it was it it, was it shown on dark or it's going to be shown on dark. I forget. It was shown on dark last Tuesday. Okay, I I just didn't. I didn't watch it. I I saw the news that said it's going to be shown on dark. Uh, We'll follow back up on that. Um, a little bit later, quickly on next week's episode. But last, I want to mention to you guys really quick um, as a quick bonus 
topic. So, look, Edge returned to the Royal Rumble, and obviously Edge had to retire because of an injury. But with this return, it seems to really have a lot of other people who had to retire because of injury feeling optimistic as well as their fans. Do you think by any means that we will be seeing more people who were put on the show because of injury return? And quickly, my answer to this is that I think science is better. Science and medicine is better. I think that, uh, well, I know that the government is now approving more methods of treatment that has been traditionally done overseas for years, but now just now entering the U.S. So in all sports, people who typically would have been on the shelves for a long period of time to career ending. I think that uh, I think we are going to start seeing shifts in timelines and maybe some people's expiration dates being revoked. And uh, I think we will maybe seeing some more people return sooner or later. So we'll, we'll see. But guys, quickly, your thoughts on that. Yes. I, th- I think now we're going to get a plethora of 95-year-old wrestlers who are going to want to get stem cell treatments just so they can have one more match. <laughs> or people like Sting who are going to take that $30 million Saudi money just to do a one-shot. Uh, maybe just, just so he doesn't have to take a buckle bomb again. I always go back to this. Yes, I agree with two chains in terms of you know, medical advancements and cause back in the day, Larry Bird's career was, was cut short because of a back injury that if it was today, he only would be out four months. So I always say if magic Johnson could play in the NBA with HIV or even <clears throat> by the cure and still be alive today, there is no way in hell. I can't see a 60 year old, a 50 year old wrestler getting some sort of treatment to allow them to make one or two more six-figure paychecks. Think of Rey Mysterio. He talked about all the stem cell injections in his knees that he did overseas that, that you saw him at, 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 not even AEW, but before it was AEW, he was jacked because he was taking some stuff that was overseas. Who's to say it was legal or not? We don't know. But going forward, do I see a lot of people kind of trying to get invested in that? In all walks of athletics? Yes. In terms of wrestling, I would be very careful if I'm someone like Sting or Taker or Kane who is in my 50s and about to hit that wall of, do I really need that one last payday and I'm going to shoot myself up with stuff just to get another match or two win? Because Edge looked great, but he managed to get a a, a good contract because allegedly he was going to take his talents to AEW. Not everybody's going to have that opportunity. I don't need to see Kurt Angle coming back for the 15th time oh, being no. retired that's my take <laughs> yep pretty much the same thinking right there you got a lot of guys right now seeing that it is a talent friendly market with money being thrown around to get people on shows to create attractions so if a name is out there that hasn't been doing anything that's been on the shelf and god you got to really think of it this way if they're not under any contract and they're in a situation where they can be going and meeting with any darn doctors anywhere and getting anything done that they want because they're not under any standards right now, you know you're going to be seeing some people doing that in the hopes of, hey, if I can just get back into good enough shape, then I can pass the darn wellness test and get cleared. Then I can get some payday. It's, of course people are thinking that. With the way things are right now between WWE and AEW and even smaller groups like Impact or MLW even – ROH, people are throwing money around. So 
if there's an opportunity to make some money, you know some wrestlers are going to try and make that money. That's the long and short of it in my mind. Um, yeah, so the long and short of it in my mind is stay your asshole. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that it wouldn't be for nostalgia reasons to see uh, Bret Hart get back into the ring. But Bret Hart is also, what, damn near 60 with cancer. It's okay, you've done it. The next time we should see him in the ring is receiving some kind of lifetime achievement award. Um, you, we don't need to see a fifty-year-old boogeyman in the ring or a fifty-five-year-old Godfather. Why are you going ring. after the old people? There's young people <laughs> that had to retire. Tyson Kidd is one, and he should stay his ass home. I mean, like I'm not, I, I don't like personally, personally, and I'm only speaking for myself right here. I don't give one good goddamn. If a wrestler gets in there and, and whatever happens to him happens, that's the risk that he takes for having this job. So, and Tyson Kidd, you know, no remorse. He knows what the risks are and he has a job currently as a producer. But stay your ass home. You, there's a limit. You had your time. It is over for whatever reason. And it's unfortunate that you got the short end of the stick. But save that space for somebody that can use that time to build themselves up. We don't need legends or so-called legends, um, and you know, coming back and hogging the spotlight for one more match or something, some bucket list dream that they need to fulfill themselves. When maybe some, I don't know, the younger stars that WWE aren't building could use that spot. And I'm not saying that Edge shouldn't have come back. I'm saying he definitely should not have come back because someone else that is more deserving in the momentum right now could have used that spot for WrestleMania. Um, or for, for the Royal Rumble. And, and it, he was one of like four or five, you know, people that were throwaway picks. Everybody else is on the roster currently. So why not do it? You're telling me that Keith Lee, or not Keith Lee, he was in the Rumble, but somebody else couldn't have been in that spot that could have used that, you know, momentum? Yeah, so, I, again, you guys made it about old people. All I was asking is like, because he was able to come back at his age and science has advanced, do you see other people that was put on the shelf with injuries, or life, life, um, uh, career-ending injuries return, i.e. Paige. Yes, no. Sting is a person of interest. There's plenty of people that could come back that would be short-lived. Who knows who, 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 who and may it may be. I'm just saying, do you expect more people to now, uh, you know, make returns? And on the contrary to this argument, because it seems like a simple yes, in the NFL, there's people that's just like, yeah, medicine's better, but I'm also out because I'm not even going to even take that chance. Mm-hmm. And people are retiring younger with medicine being better. So that was just the purpose of, of that conversation. But, but anyway, we can talk about it. Though. Huh? You know the NFL is different. You're literally it, throwing yourself at another human being that's built to hurt you. I mean, you're not a woodpecker. You I don't mean, have I'm that just, kind of protection naturally. Right, so I think I'm, that Paige, who has a bruised brain, you know, has a different problem than a linebacker with bad knees. Uh, yeah, it's not comparable. Or, there is a way to work in a lower, you know, less... Um, high-flying, more mat-based wrestling style. There is no way to do that in the NFL unless everybody becomes a punter. Or people have bruised brains in the NFL because I believe that's called CTE and that seems to be a huge problem with them. The the point of the matter is, yes, all sports are different and the NFL was just a prime example that brought up, but it's happening in other sports as well, too, where people are boxing or MMA or just like, hey, you know what? It's nice. Now that medicine's better, also, the studies are better. I'm not taking that chance. So, just curious to know, do you think, you know, 
and we could talk about it more next week because I, you know, potentially after um, the Saudi Arabia show, there might be more stuff coming out. And hell, like I said, this first month of 2020s, a lot of crazy things was happening. So who knows what's next? I mean, hell, Edge is back again, as you said. So who knows what may be to come? But that's going to wrap it up for us tonight because we don't want to go over our time. Um, quickly, fellas, anything else you want to talk about in regards to anything that we've mentioned tonight? Uh, I don't like Jordan Devlin. <laughs> oh, poor Jordan Devlin. <laughs> great, great match, by the way. Great I'm match. I'm still not a fan of his. I think I think he's not even a poor man's Finn Balor. I think he's a hobo's Finn Balor. And a, and a oh, he the great value Finn Balor? Yeah, he the great value Finn Balor. And one thing NXT is do, UK is doing that, I, I don't know if they're trying to bring it back, but they're oversimplifying finishers now to the point where I'm thinking, that size snap suplex is enough to finish a match, but someone on the main roster does it and someone kicks out at one. Like, that's getting on my nerves. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of Jordan Devlin. That's just me. Okay. I think we're good. <laughs> Somebody else was about to say something. No, we're going to this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go to the XFL. Maybe you'll oh, see me there. that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, well, yeah, you know where we'll be at this weekend. Both XFL and um, ROA show, respectively, of our area. We'll have some reports about it next week and other topics as well as things seem to just come alive at any moment. But uh, that'll do it for tonight. And as always, people, thank you for listening in and we will catch you next time.